look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More Than Money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Lifestyle matters. It's more than money. I'm Faisal Carmelli, my co-host here, Dave Popovich. How you doing, buddy? Hi, Faisal. I'm good. All right. Got you, my uh, my golf shirt on today. Well, it's, you it's golf you season. rode your bike to the studio. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, I did it a couple times. I'm gonna. You know, I, listen. I haven't. We've talked about the gift of time so many times, yeah. and I had very good intentions of using it to work out, and I've not accomplished that to date. So I needed to do something. So I got to get more active, and if I, yeah, I, you I, know, I, I very few times I'm speechless when it comes to you, <laughs> but to actually participate, first yeah. of all, get on a bike, yeah, and then use the bike, yeah, and then use it more than once, yeah, and not fall off and run and, into anything, and and I'm kudos to you, dude. yeah, that kudos and, to you, and walk in the golf course, right? So I'm going to do those two things, and I'll see if I can parlay that into something more aggressive. There you go. Aggressive workouts. Take How about you? Take, I've been watching you on your bike. Does that count? <laughs> no. It's a no part, it's trust a, me, it doesn't. My legs I haven't seen a me. spectator sport in a long time. <laughs> my, I miss it. My legs continue to remind me I haven't done this in a long time. Needs to be <laughs> no, done. Oh, good for you. That, that's awesome because I wouldn't probably do that. So Yeah, it's been um, fun, actually. I've, uh, I've enjoyed it for sure. Good, uh, good. Yeah, it's great, man. Yeah, and it feels good. Uh, let's talk about uh, feeling good because the market's felt pretty good. Uh, on some certainly on some jobs numbers. Yeah, so surprising numbers came to the upside, both side of the border, U.S., Canada, even though we have high double-digit unemployment rates, yep. 13 to 14%, 15% here in Alberta. Mm-hmm. Um, people are saying, hey, things are coming back. Yep, yep. Economy's opening up, right? Yeah. Businesses are reopening. They're yeah. rehiring people. So this is good now. We're right. all good. right. Let's 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 talk about if that's true or not. Just it was it was funny, Dave, because when I reported on the news here on the radio on Friday morning, I did a seven forty in the morning uh, piece and then eight forty. And after the eight forty, I must have received, I'd say seven to eight emails or text messages saying, "Oh, the economy's back. We're we're we're, we're roaring back now. Here it comes." Because everybody's excited about mm. some good news, and I said. Mm, Hang on. Maybe. Before you give your answer. Before you give your answer. Okay. All right. Let's talk a little bit about what's going to be on our show because I want people to stick around Ooh. for your answer. Okay. All right. Because we got a couple of, of, of cool pieces today. We often, we often talk about science, technology, and healthcare because we think it's a, an important uh, piece going forward. Okay. And one of the biggest problems, and I don't know about your family, my family's impacted by this, but it's, it's medication. My mom's yeah. on medication. It's hard to keep track of it for her. When to take it, how to take it, how do you, you know. Do you know how many people become more in problems medically because of missed or, or lack of, um, of them taking their medication? Yeah, right. You forget or. This is a problem the, solver right here. Yeah, huge. And so we're glad we can educate our listeners on what's coming out there. And then we also have. You know, there are a whole bunch of scary new stats out there for Albertans that are putting their money at risk. When you invest, there's a risk you're taking. And there's some great, um, I'd say, pitches out there yeah. of some great opportunities, lots of money to be made. That and, don't turn out to be and real. it being Seniors Month, I am worried yeah. that there's a lot of people that are going to lose a lot of money 
because it sounds too good to be true and people are putting their money in it. So we're going to bring the Alberta Securities Commission in and talk about those types of risks. Yeah, and that's that happens during the best of times. And of course, now isn't the best of times. It's the worst of times in some cases because this COVID thing has added a layer. They're preying on it. We, got, you know, we just want to keep people abreast of Absolutely. what's happening. Absolutely. Okay, is it coming roaring back, buddy? Aha. Uh-huh. So I, I got that. I got, you know, a bunch of texts and emails saying, you know, we're all coming back. We're roaring back. This is good. And I said, uh, maybe. But how do you determine, <laughs> how do you determine it's coming back? Like, are you hoping for, you know, October 2019, where everything was open and we were all gearing up for Christmas? Uh, no, no, it's not coming back like that. Right. No. And, and the stock market's up, Faisal. Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost going to go back to where, where it was at the peak. So we must be fine. No. Remember, these, these types of economic data points, such as, such as jobs, are, yep. are, are, in, are rear mirror looking. It's what's already happened. They're a lagging indicator. That doesn't mean that things are great. And one data point does not make a trend. Okay, but don't but don't kill our party completely. I mean, it was a bit of a surprise. It was, it was nice a to bit see people surprise. going like the, the the timing. It's a bit quicker than I think most people would have anticipated. And things are going to get better, but what are we measuring to? Right. If we're measuring to April fifteenth, two thousand and twenty, things look fantastic. Cor- correct, right? Because you're coming off such a wicked low. You, you, right? you were coming off sitting at home doing nothing. Right. To now, people have got jobs. Right. People are going back to work. The streets right. in Calgary are getting busier. Right. You ride your bike. I drive my car. There's more vehicles on the road. Right. Things are coming back. Correct. Does that mean the economy is back? Not even close. Yeah. Not even close. And it depends. So th- this is an interesting part of the conversation, right? Because it's what we said when we started this crisis is, you know, we are going to see historically terrible numbers. Correct. Which we did. And then we say we're going to see historically amazing numbers coming off those historical terrible numbers. Correct. Right. Which we're seeing. Yeah. Right. So you, you got to be careful with how you read the data, right? Yeah. Um, and then, like you said, I'll, well, we were talking off air, but ultimately the, the economy, right, um, companies yep. have to employ people. Yes. People have to make money. Those companies have to earn profit after they pay people that they make the money, right? They have to be able to reinvest that to grow the economy. People have to be confident to go spend the money. Yep. So there's a whole bunch of moving pieces here. And so that's cool. That, let's tie that to the stock market now. Okay. Because the stock markets are, are roaring back. Right. There are, I think, two, maybe three reasons why the markets are doing what they're doing. And when I speak of markets, I'm speaking of the broader S&P 500 in the United States, yes. the broader Toronto stock market not talk about individual sectors and so forth, but just the broad market because that's, that's what people spend their attention on. And the reason why these markets are moving forward is because they're looking forward six, nine, yeah. 12 months in advance, and they're right. saying it's going to be better. Right. You know, They opened up Vegas on Thursday, casino stocks up 10%. Right. Mm, there were hundreds of people, not thousands. Yeah, did you see the pictures of how it's all laid out? Oh, <laughs> it, wouldn't yeah. be the, it wouldn't be the Vegas experience that you had six months ago. Let's put it that way. Correct. <laughs> And so it's, it's a different world right now. Yeah. So we're looking for anything of good news. Yeah. Okay. So what has to happen in order for a company to be valued higher than it is prior to COVID? Right. Okay. You need the economy to be moving forward. You need companies to be making money, revenue. 
They have to increase their earnings, mm -hmm. their profit. They have to have a momentum forward and faster than the economy on their profit. Mm -hmm. And they have to be nimble and, and, and fiscally responsible in between the line items on the accounting balance sheet or income statement between revenue and profit. Right. Now that, in order for that to actually show itself, you need more than one month data point. You need months of data. Sure. Because we're coming off of a zero. Yeah. This, this economy was shut down. Yep. And so there's a lot of hype in the market right now. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense why there's so much hype, why you open a casino on a Thursday and the stock market, the stock price for those casinos are up 10% the next day. It doesn't make sense yet because they're hoping for something. Right. These companies still have to provide a profit. Yeah, but the market has to price something. They're pricing in a recovery. Now, the question is broad economy because it's company by company ultimately that you have to do this research on. But Correct. broad economy, you know, are the, uh, is the market pricing it right? Now, there's, there's something else to consider here, too. Um, there is the – there's no other – option yeah. no other choice so, so we call it tina t-i-n-a right. right there is no alternative you have nowhere else to go to make a return except for the stock market and this is an important piece of the pricing model too right so when interest rates are at virtually zero and you can't make any money owning GICs and you know government bonds and those kinds of things and there's no other potential alternative Sometimes what we get is an adjustment on the price-earnings ratio. So, you know, today's pricing of a company's profitability and what an investor might pay might be different than two years from now if interest rates go higher and bank, you know, central banks take it higher. So there's a relative aspect to this too, right? Now, I only raise that. I don't want to get into a technical discussion, but the point is there's a, there's a whole bunch of moving pieces here right to try to put together a strategy that that makes sense and and failure to having that strategy right. you are right now at this point in time if you do not have a strategy of how you get into a company and what's your exit strategy you're investing in hope yeah that's right now we're going to talk about that right so we're going to talk about that at our upcoming webinar that we're doing um and we we hope to have a chance to have that conversation because a good part of it is not just the presentation of the material but it's the q a the questions and answers after right? yeah about that what, what that is let's remind you so let's not that. invest in hope let's let's talk about strategy and that will be on tuesday june 16th 7 p.m live online you need to register online so go to more than money radio.com that's more than money radio.com to register the proper dispensing of medication can be an important aspect to your overall quality of life and the quality of care for you and your loved ones. Stick around after the break because we've got some exciting new technology to talk about. You're on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Faisal on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. Science and technology is a big focus, I mean in every aspect, but we talk about it a lot on the show because I think you and I both feel that that science and technology is going to be part of the solution uh, as people age from a health perspective. There's so many things that technology can help um, improve people's lives and their quality of care. We are finding that our parents mm -hmm. are not always nearby, mm -hmm. can't be nearby, and the fear that a lot of uh, adult children have about their parents, are they going to be okay as you they bet. age? And are they going to be able to be socially integrated? Are they going to have take their medication on time. Yep. These are concerns that adult children have for their parents 
And so I'm glad we came across of uh, Ace Age because this is a this is a company that's that's got some neat stuff going on here. Yeah, well, you know, I've talked about my personal situation um, lots with my mom and some of the challenges she faces. But one of the things she can't, uh, you know, is dispensing of medication, taking the right medication. All of these things are are really important. And I mean, that's it, it's across every you know everybody I know yes. will have almost everybody will have some medication they have to take at some point. Yeah, right. So the dispensing of that medication is is of interest uh, for sure. Spencer Hugh is the CEO of Ace Age, and he's joining us uh, today. Spencer, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. So let's talk a little bit about this this medica- uh, the medication dispensing and the problem that um, you know that we have as people age and they're on medication and more medication over time. And this is a problem you've focused on as a, as a company and, and uh, have developed a device that can help in this area. So first of all, tell us a little bit about the company and what you guys are, uh, what, you, what you're doing. Yeah, sure. We, we make a in-home medication dispenser designed to make it really easy to take your medication properly. And the reason why I started this company is actually not dissimilar to you know, the personal experience you just uh, uh, let me know about, mm-hmm. uh, which is I watched my grandfather go to the hospital over and over again because, because he wasn't taking his medication properly. Right. And so I looked at what existed out in the world to help people take their meds, and uh, nothing was simple. Uh, everything required you know, some kind of level of organization, scheduling, using a widget to manage your meds. And we went, this needs to be easier. And we uh, discovered a compliance packaging format that was predominantly used in long-term care and residential care homes. And we brought that to the community. And we that's where the pharmacist takes care of all the organization and the scheduling of your medication. And we built a in-home device that takes care of the, uh, the, the reminders uh, and if you don't take your meds, we'll notify a family member or a caregiver if a dose is ever missed. Uh, so base case, it's you know, our device uh, is going to automatically schedule for you. It's going to automatically notify you when it's time for your meds. And there's one button you have to press to get the medication you need at that exact point in time. And if you mm-hmm. don't press that button, then you know, your loved one, your caregiver, whoever you want it to be, can follow up and know to go, hey, what's going on? And provide you that encouragement when you need it most. So you know that's interesting. Um, they have some. There are little. Uh, what I'm thinking about those just the the manual plastic systems yeah. and stuff like that. But they don't necessarily remind you to do anything, right? The you, Sunday to Saturday plastic yeah, cases. The yeah, the little little yeah. bubble packs. It holds it stuff. for you. The yeah. traveling case. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. Like my mom is an example. Could wouldn't remember yeah. to take her medication, right? Yeah. Certainly couldn't put the right combinations together and those kinds of things. Yeah. So, uh, Spencer, talk, tell us a little bit about uh, how, how... So is this in full production now? I'm sorry, I, maybe I should know that, but is this out in, in, and available to the public now? This, this is out available to the public right now. We're actually about to sell our 10,000th device, nice. uh, which, is, which is quite exciting. Um, we're, we're predominantly... Uh, majority of our deployments are out in Europe. Um, but it's becoming more and more popular uh, across Canada, especially in a time of the days that we, we live today. Mm-hmm. A lot of people typically would have the experience of having you know, their son, their daughter, someone coming to their home to help manage their medication. So it's uh, very common that people use those plastic calendar boxes. Mm-hmm. But in a time of social distancing, it's not necessarily the best course to have someone coming into their home on a regular basis to go, now, let me help you with your meds. 
Uh, so carry, you know, our device allows people to maintain their independence, you know, to take their medication properly yep. with a really easy solution, uh, but also provides their family the peace of mind that they know their loved one is still getting the medications they need on time. How much is Carrie sold for? It does depend from province to province on what reimbursements uh, are available, mm-hmm. uh, but we do typically charge uh, $60 a month for the uh, the device and all the connectivity that's associated with it. Why, why is it, Spencer, it's in uh, it's more predominantly used in Europe than in Canada? I mean, it seems to make sense. It's addressing a very specific need and a growing need. Why, why is it in Europe and not in Canada? Uh, so that comes down to the funding model. It's, um, you know, in, in Canada, a lot of uh, you know, home care funding is based on visits to the home. Gotcha. Whereas in Europe, the funding model, they have buckets of funding that home care and telemedicine agencies can use to finance uh, healthcare technologies like ours that mm-hmm. allow people to be independent and not require the, the man hours of sending nurses and personal support workers and caregivers to the, to the homes. Uh, so, you know, Europe is very forward in the adoption of telemedicine, and we we are hopeful that Canada can catch up. So, what? so, so okay. let me jump in yeah. here, though. So, Spencer, sixty dollars a month, not including any kind of um, benefits that each province has. We're we're here in Alberta, so we can we can figure that out through through Alberta Health Services and so forth. But the the services that are included in that is first of all notifying the patient that medication is is um, ready to be taken. They have to press a button. If they fail to press a button, it notifies a caregiver or a loved one that you've selected as your go-to. Have I got that right so far? You got that right. Okay. What happens on that end now? So let's say my dad didn't take his meds. He didn't press the button. How did I get notified on my device, on my phone? Correct. We have, so it's a companion cell phone application. You know, you install it on your Android or iOS device, okay, uh, and you can have it set up um, to notify. Could be yourself after an hour. Could be you know, um, your you know, your sister or somebody else after three hours. Gotcha. Uh, however, you want to have it set up. Uh, it can be notified when someone's uh, missed their dose. But also, if you want to just you know be uh, be on top of it, if someone want to know when someone's taken their dose or if they've taken their dose uh, or dispensed it early, you can have those notifications as well. Does it detail out the type of medication? So dad missed medication ABC, but took medication DEF. Does it notify me the difference of what he what he missed? So it, it notifies you, uh, yes. So inside the device, all your medication uh, and the cadence and, and when you're supposed to take it throughout the month is all uh, organized chronologically. So... If you missed your morning dose, uh, you're going to know uh, exactly what medications they've missed, and you're going to have that information to provide you know, you know, the, pre- the best possible guidance if guidance is needed. Hmm. And does that data get can, get, can the data be sent to the family physician? Absolutely. It's, uh, that data is very important for the, uh, the family physicians, where, uh, say, a, a, a doctor... Uh, hasn't seen you for six months, and you know, your new blood pressure medication isn't having uh, the impact they expected. The consistency of how you're taking that medication is very relevant to how that doctor can be providing care. And 
so we absolutely make that data uh, available to your primary caregivers. Look at the transparency that's being created by Kerry. Mm-hmm. Like, first of all, the information going to the doctor, you being notified if um, what medication was missed. You know how many adult children don't even know what kind of medication their parents are taking? Right. So now you have transparency of what meds right. they're on. This is this is a great piece. Sixty dollars a month. Where can where can customers uh, pick one up today? So we're uh, we're we're talking in Alberta right now. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so all PharmaCare pharmacies in Alberta uh, are offering carry. Look Fantastic. I'm gonna have a look for it. Spencer, thank you very much. We have to leave it there. Appreciate uh, appreciate your time and uh, informing us, enlightening us. And uh, sounds like you've got a great business. Thanks a lot. Been joined by Spencer Hugh. He's the CEO of Ace Age. Uh, Ace Age, of course, produces the carry device for medical dispensing. Um, listen, healthcare is part of what we talk about, uh, and it's part certainly part of everybody's lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, as they move into retirement, we're going to talk about all of that. We think health is actually a, a we call it a bucket. It's an asset class that you've got to work hard to maintain. Correct. Right. Uh, and we've got our upcoming seminar. Yeah, we're going to discuss how do you protect the f- costs of your healthcare going in the future. We'll talk about that on Tuesday, June 16th, 7 p.m., live online. Now, you need to register. So go to morethanmoneyradio.com. That's morethanmoneyradio.com to register. Stick around after the break if you want to avoid being scammed. We're going to talk about that here on 770 CHQR in More Than Money. Welcome back here with Dave and Faisal on 770 CHQR. June is Seniors Month. Ta-da. June 15th is uh, Elder Abuse Day, uh, and we want to raise awareness. We want to, uh, so yeah. it's a big problem. Well, we, we, you know, listen, there's lots of um, sometimes bad things that happen, and it's incumbent upon us, I think, as part of our show, our target audience, and the kind of education we do to make sure people are reminded, right, that there are some bad characters on occasion out there, and we got to protect ourselves against them. I we protect think our loved ones. Almost on a weekly basis, my father, who's 76 years of age this month, tells me about either a text, a phone call, yep. an email, something online that uh, that's trying to get information from him or make him do something like call a number, send some money, whatever. Yep. On a weekly basis, Dave. Yep. And so I think it's important that people understand this happens. It is big. And I'm glad that we have the Alberta Securities Commission on the phone with us to uh, to discuss this. Yeah, and, and specifically, Hillary McMeekin is the Director of Communications and Investor Education at Alberta um, Securities Commission. And Hillary, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I couldn't agree more about the importance of this. Yeah, and we, we try to bring you guys on as a group on a regular basis just to make sure people in the community are aware of what's happening and, you know, some of the things that are are taking place that they could avoid and avoid the potential, you know, uh, financial uh, fallout of this. So you you guys did a survey recently. Um, we did. About, mm-hmm. You know, it was talking about uh, investor confidence and the connection to fraud in Alberta. Why don't you just bring us up to speed on what that survey was, and let's talk about some of the highlights. Sure, absolutely. Um, we commissioned it to get an update on Alberta knowledge and awareness surrounding investment fraud, and, and we learned a lot of great information, actually. And um, I mean, a couple of the quick points that I think speaks to what you were just talking about. Um, Albertans, and I'm, and I'm speaking specifically about Albertans that are 55 years of age or older, right. um, they believe their chances of personally being affected by an investment scam is, is unlikely. Almost half of them feel that way. And yet, almost 40% of them believe they've been approached 
by a potentially fraudulent investment scam. Right. So, so d- lots of people, I think, I, I don't, I don't think they they realize the risk in in, 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 and I'm and I'm not sure where the disconnect happens, but um, but we know that we know that it's happening. We know that people are getting um, approached all the time, and and we need to be more aware of um, of of how to protect ourselves. Right. Uh, an, another another um, feature that we learned is that um, Albertans 55 plus trust their friends and family when it comes to providing financial investment advice, despite um, almost 30 percent, almost 40 percent, sorry, having been approached for a money making opportunity through a personal connection. Yeah. So I think we've talked in the past about affinity fraud. Yep. That's our term for it. Right. Really, another term is friend fraud. But so often fraud artists or scam artists approach us through our trusted communities, right, through our social groups and our friends. And, and, and our friends may not even be aware of what's happening. So even when you get that, that idea from a friend or a family member or someone that you know at a, you know, a social club that you belong to, you still have to do your own homework and protect yourself because that's, scam artists use those kinds of connections and those communities um, to um, bring people in into their into their scams let me give you a bit of a story here dave because this is very interesting what what uh what's being said by hillary and so forth that i'm on this group of you know we're an old timers hockey team together and we all have played in the past and we're on this whatsapp group Mm -hmm. and we can you know we chat share information and talk about things and and there was one when hertz the company Mm -hmm. was declaring bankruptcy Mm -hmm. and they were talking about selling off on their vehicles and right away there was this post now, one of my, my, my friends on this post said, guys, you can go to this link and you can get cars dirt cheap. Right. And everybody practically started clicking this link. Mm-hmm. And boom, came up. You know, it's fake. And, and there's also other consequences of clicking onto a yep. website that you don't know about. It's whatever. But, mm-hmm. but it was just, it was an automatic belief that it was true. Yeah. And everybody on this, and these are into, these are professionals. Well, so, these are people yeah. who these are people who are in the tech industry, right? And they're all like, "Oh, my friend sent it to me, so it must be true." And right. click, and off they went. And no, it's fake. And then now they're having problems with weird phone calls coming to their house and emails coming to them and stuff like that. It was it was amazing how easy someone can get yeah. duped purely by just clicking onto a website that a friend said, "Yeah, this is pretty interesting news I got here. Here you go." Hillary, yeah. I, I like your comment on this too. Just to take that the, sort of that line and run with it a little bit. Um, often people think that it can't happen to them because mm-hmm. you know they're a professional, they're educated. You know, they think of themselves perhaps as sophisticated. But I can tell you, being in this business uh, and dealing with some very successful and sophisticated people, um, they're also getting duped. Like there's the the yeah. scams are often sophisticated, mm-hmm. um, right? It's it's not. Don't kid yourself that you can't fall victim to one of these uh these scams if you you know if you're an educated professional you can absolutely absolutely yeah, yeah. i couldn't agree with you more and that's a great example Faisal. I, I i um yes it happens all the time and scam artists are so good yep. at they they have all the right they've got the right language they prey on our emotions right particularly as we're as we're aging, right, and we're contemplating um, how to protect 
our nest egg, right? We're, they love, they, they know the language yep. to use to they grab sure us and to pull us in. And it, it can happen. And it absolutely happens to, to everyone. They, and unfortunately, scam artists are also keenly aware that as we age, we often have more resources at our fingertips, right? We've saved, yep. we've saved all of our money or so much of it, right? We've worked so hard and we've been saving it. They know that. And they're, and they are, so keenly aware of that, and they use every angle possible to hook all of us. So we all are at risk, really, of it. Hillary, let's remind everybody, what are the top two or three things we need to do if we're ever approached with an idea for an investment to make money or a business yeah, idea? Invest in something. Whatever yep. it may be, what are the top two or three things people need to just do a bit of a, a check on themselves before they go ahead and proceed? Oh, it's a great. Thank you. Um, first and foremost, CheckFirst.ca is a great website. And I say that first because through CheckFirst.ca, there's links. Because the first thing I would do is check to make sure that the person offering the investment is registered to do so. Anyone selling investments in the province of Alberta needs to be registered. So, And you can check that. There's a link. Um, are they registered? .ca, I think, is the website. But you can reach it through CheckFirst. So the first thing is check to make sure they're registered, because if they're not, that's a huge red flag. Right. Second thing is to look into the, the you know, the let's call it the organization or the company that's looking for the investment. Um, research them. Just put them into Google. And whether if you don't have a computer at home, that's okay. Even, you know, I think hopefully we're going to be able to get back to libraries soon, and we can use um, some of the resources at libraries, too. Um, but... It's just doing, just checking out, because if you were to Google a company, any action that's been taken against them will show up online. Um, And we also have, you could also go to our albertasecurities.com website, because any action we've taken against any organization or any individual is all documented on the website. So you can use the search function there just to type in the company name or an individual's name and see if any action has been taken. I think, um, and if there has, that's a big red flag. Um, so absolutely pay attention to that. I, there's I, one last thing I want to I, yeah. I want to say, because we're quickly running out of time, Hillary, um, okay. and thank yeah. you for all of the good information. But, you know, Faisal, it, 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 it doesn't even have to be a scam. So those are the most oh. egregious examples yeah. um, of bad behavior. But people will often, uh, I noted, Hillary, in, in the research, it said more than one in five acknowledge so 55 plus have acknowledged that they've signed investment documents without fully understanding what they mean. And this is about understanding the risk that you're taking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so even if it's legit, uh, you still need to do the due diligence. Understand to make what you're sure that about. you understand what you're getting investing yeah. in, what you're investing in. And, and is it appropriate risk for you? Right. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it doesn't even have to be a scam to, to get yourself nope. in, in, in trouble. Um, Hillary, we do we do have to wrap it up. Ten minutes goes pretty quickly, and I want to thank you for um, for the research that you're doing and the continue continued uh, education and awareness that you bring through our show and through all the work that you guys do. Well, thank you for having us. It's a pleasure to be here. Happy to come back anytime. We will have you back. We've been joined by Hillary uh, Hillary McMeekin. She's the director of communications and investor education at the Alberta Securities Commission. Uh, let's talk about uh, appropriate risk to meet the long-term goal of a lifestyle. Absolutely. Education, awareness on the risk that you're taking as you travel through retirement. This is going to be a big issue going forward. 
So we want to address it and inform you. And in order to do that, we're going to have our webinar on Tuesday, June 16th, 7 p.m., live online. Now, you need to go online to register. So go to morethanmoneyradio.com. That's morethanmoneyradio.com to register. Now, stick around after the break. Faze and I are going to debate whether or not it's worthwhile buying or being a first-time home buyer and buying property today. You're on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Faisal on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. Um, so there's some recent changes that have taken place with respect to the mortgage rules. Yes. Okay. Now, whatever. We'll, we'll bring people up to speed on that. But there's a very, very active debate that, uh, that we often have. And it's a really a, an interesting and fun, sometimes frustrating conversation with people about is today the day, is today the time that you should own a house. Let's be honest. You and I argue about this all the time. We do. And it's I, not just owning a house. It's how you how are you buying that house. Correct. So let me kind of set this up. Calgary Mortgage and Housing Corporation came out on Friday announcing a rule change to qualify for a first-time home buyer. Yes. Um, prior to July 1st, mm-hmm. if, you have, if you're putting a 5% down payment, you could borrow that money from a line of credit mm-hmm. and... Use it for a down payment. Right. That's changing. Right. You can't do that anymore. You had to have a certain credit rating in order to get a mortgage and be insured because you're only putting 5% down by CMHC. CMHC has said that credit rating is going to be a bit higher. Yeah, pushing it higher. And you have to qualify based on debt servicing. Prior to July 1st, if you had 39% of your gross monthly income paying towards mortgage, taxes, property taxes, and heating for the home, you'd qualify. Qualify, yep. They're pushing that down to 35%. Right. So they're making it tougher for first-time homebuyers. Right. Now, where does the pressure come into play? We've had this pressure before these rule changes. Right. It's going to increase for some going forward. And who are, who's going to feel the pinch? The bank of mom and dad. Yeah, most likely. So that's the question, right? This is a question we often debate. Yeah. So we have been, many generations of people have been raised with the idea that part of your success is that you own your own home. Correct. Let's challenge that. Yeah. Is I, that true? So so normally <laughs> what we would tell people that if you want to help your child mm-hmm. with a down payment, with buying a home or anything in between, that you should stress test your portfolio, your financial plan, to see what will be the impact to you. And if there's no impact to you, then, you know, have at her. And you and I debate about this quite a bit because mm-hmm. I think there's one step beyond that. Are you doing a disservice to your child by giving them the opportunity to own a home today? If they don't qualify themselves. If they don't qualify for themselves. Even if they do. Even if they do, Dave. Okay. Should you be buying a home today? Okay. And it comes down, and my biggest concern about this is that people get into buying homes, and I was one of them Mm -hmm. when I was young and foolish. We were all taught. Uh, We all knew. My dad used to tell me, make sure you own your own home. Right. No one can take that away from you. Right. Uh, Yeah. Thanks, Dad. Um, What I've learned is that you jump in and you you get buyer's remorse at some point, Mm -hmm. usually after the first repair cost. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. There are unexpected, extraordinary expenses that pop up when you own a home. Mm -hmm. And these are the things that need to be accounted for. 
And I have had conversations with many Canadians. And I'll give you an example. I had one that said, Faisal, I bought my home in Calgary, 1974 for $13,000. The value of the property right now is $400,000. Look at all the profit I made. Right. That's a good investment. Mm -hmm. You should own your own home too. And I said, well, how much money did you put in to fix that place over those years? Mm -hmm. And of course, there's no accounting. Most people don't keep track of every dollar they spend on their home. Right. Bet you spent more than $400,000 fixing that home over the last 40 years. Right. So now you're in a loss. You took a financial loss because you spent more money than the appreciation of the home. This is something that new buyers, first-time home buyers, people who are upgrading their home, need to really think about. And I, we set them up for potential financial failure because we have the mindset that owning a home is a good investment. Right. And where you and I used to debate on this was, was just go ahead and do it. If it fits in your retirement plan, do it. And I'm saying we're not teaching this next generation how to manage money properly. We're, we're, what we're teaching them is take it now, take the plunge, yeah. because that's the right thing. It feels right. It may not be financially right. May not be, and and where we, you know, you and I have talked about this over. I think we're on the same page on this. Is is a principal residence? I've always contended, is a lifestyle issue. It's not an investment. Yes, it's for lifestyle. Now, I'm going to go back to. So forget about the people. Let's say a, a child has the money to do it. Then they have to make a. In my opinion, they have to make a lifestyle choice. So I separate that group from the people, who. Uh, as a first-time home buyer, can't qualify for the home on okay. their own. Okay. Now they got to go to mom and dad. Yeah. Okay. Um, I still contend that the home is a lifestyle asset. Yeah. But here's the problem I've got with it: is you can't afford that lifestyle. Thank you. There's the problem. Thank you. That I think we need to to address. Right? Is um, there's been lots of decisions made over the last 20 years using leverage and financing on lifestyles that can't be afforded, and that leads to a problem. So Correct. the fundamental issue for me isn't the house. I still, if, if you can afford it and you understand what you're getting into, fixing the roof is expensive, and you know when the furnace goes, you got a problem, and all those costs. Correct. Okay. Then you're prepared. If that's important to you in your lifestyle, then go for it. Right. But. The, prop, the, the teaching aspect and the problem that we've run into and many, many people run into is we're reaching for a lifestyle we can't afford. And so is there any shame in renting? I rented for five and a half years. I went through a divorce mm -hmm. okay, when I was older, this, and I could afford a home. I chose to rent mm -hmm. for five and a half years. And I have to tell you, and I'm a homeowner again now. It was pretty fun. You, I used you, to come you, in and... You, you were know. a lot more nicer when you were <laughs> yeah, You remember? Yeah. Hey, uh, the you, furnace went. I made a phone call. Yeah. It gets handled. You right? smiled more when you were red too. <laughs> you're so mean now that you're a homeowner. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Lifestyle. That's right. Right? And, and so this is part of it. And, and so part of the issue is we want our children to have the best, quote unquote. And the best means owning a home because it's a bad reflection on me as a parent oh. if my child doesn't have a home. Yeah, see, I That's part that. of it. Maybe. The other Maybe. part of it is this is what I've been taught by generations before me, so you need to do the same thing. Right. So I was taught, uh, and you can tell me if you were taught the same thing. My parents owned a home themselves, yep. and I'm not sure I could think of an instance where they specifically said, Dave, 
to be successful, you have to own your own home. So I'm not sure that that was the message, but I certainly grew up knowing that we owned, that my parents owned a home. So yeah. that was sort of what I thought you should do. Uh, but I'm, uh, I'm pretty clear that my dad said, if you can't afford it, you don't get it. Correct. Right. So there was, there was a, there's a different message. See, there. I got that message of if you can't afford it, don't get it. Yeah. Except for the home. Yeah, see, yeah, because that's a sense of security. Right, your home is your land. Your your improvements on that right. land, it's yours. Right, but anything else, if you can't afford it, don't get it. Right, no, that, <laughs> what? That they didn't teach me that in school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? yeah. So that's conflict in my head. Right, but I think what happens today is that there are many Canadians who cannot afford to be a homeowner over five years or 10 year period. Right, right. And that's a big concern for me because what they do is what do they for? What's the one thing they'll forego if in order to stay in the house savings for the future. Mm. Well, yeah, because they think of it often as emergency, cash, right? no, emergency put, cash reserve, emergency cash reserve. Number one thing we've been talking about this for years, if yeah. not decades, you yeah. should have six months of cash flow set aside just in case. Oh, I don't know. A pandemic comes along <laughs> and you need money. Yeah. And 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 you often people will think of their, their principal residence as an asset they'll sell in retirement. Yeah, and, and then you're renting. You. Then you're going back to my thesis of yeah. renting. Rent now while you're younger. But we don't see that. Happen. I know. We don't it's... see that happen. So I'm not yeah. sure that thesis. Anyways, yeah, okay. Frustrating for listen. At, at the end of the day, here's the take. Here's the takeaway. Um, if you're mom and dad, and you're the bank, and you're going to fund this. As a bare minimum, you make your own decisions about what you think is right, the message, and what you're teaching. That, that's completely up to you. But what you for sure should do is do uh, a financial analysis to make sure that if you gift that money, that it's not going to impact your ability to live the lifestyle you want. And Correct. we're going to talk about that very thing at our upcoming webinar. Yeah, how do you bulletproof your retirement? We're going to talk about that on Tuesday, June 16th, 7 p.m. online. Go to morethanmoneyradio.com. That's morethanmoneyradio.com to register. All right, thanks for joining us for another edition of More Than Money on 770 CHQR. We look forward to chatting with you next week. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.